0: I'll be too nervous to. i lost the words.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words of Betting Podcast. I am joined, as ever, by Bradley Tom. Brad, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are we? Yeah, well, good. Thank you, mate. I had a very busy weekend. Uh, at a wedding, a weekend, so didn't see too much golf. Uh, wasn't too much of a shame for me considering my, my DP World Tour efforts. Although yourself and Sky both had Nick Backham, um, mm-hmm. to win there, which was great to see. He was threatening to do it for quite a while this season, wasn't he? He, he was kind of in and out of the top 20s in, in times. And yeah, I don't, I don't think did he even post a top 20 before that, or did he just been in there after a few rounds? I'm not sure, to be honest.
0: Um, I have to double check, but I know that he's just posting like three good rounds and he'd have one stinker you know there's always one round or he, he was he was getting a lot of like sevens and eights and par fours you know just could be one hole that cost him and then it just set him on a little bogey train but you know it is, it, he's got the talent as he showed obviously yesterday and uh, when it all comes together it was just uh yeah it was something else you know, he just looked a man
1: on a mission and uh yeah great to see yeah good and that was one of four winners yesterday brad
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah it was just absolutely ridiculous week to be honest and yeah I wasn't really expecting much I mean I mean you can never expect that but I was as you know I was feeling poorly I felt yeah. we couldn't do the podcast last week I gutted and um but yeah then it and somehow ended up being like my best gambling week on record <laughs> uh, you know when someone's holding out for eagle from 150 yards I think you know it's gonna you're gonna be your week so <laughs> and that was to win on the final hole so yeah, it's gonna be a tough one to follow, but i uh, just uh, hopefully I can keep it going.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's never it's never easy to follow up when you have four winners in that in, in the no, day. I mean, it's never been done before for me. You, you don't need to uh, you don't need to follow up for a while, you're probably safe for a little bit. <laughs> um funnily enough, like that was four winners in a day without actually having a chance to win at the match play as well, which was um a match play, no. interesting event because I was quite I mean terrible getting injured basically before the off yeah. on Wednesday was, was a blow um that was just while everyone's getting really like sort of excited you know, yeah really,
0: just before he starts his tea time you see the, the video of him on the range and you're like oh, for fuck's
1: sake yeah I was like very quickly like oh no like, I need to sort of cover my bets a little bit but yeah so, you know, so I'm not I'm not entirely sure that like in the end it played that much it like it did on, definitely did on that day um mm-hmm. but I feel like the rest of it was just kind of I did end up having a little bet on Griffin as soon as I saw that. Yeah, like, exactly that. <laughs> I think it was that, but he lost to Herbert to one, didn't he? And I think that was more down to his putting, like he was really bad putting that day. Yeah, he had a
0: chance. He had chances to win that, like yeah. Really and Definitely just did. Herbert was just like, making so many
1: putts for par, like, outrageous
0: ones, and you know, as he did against like, Rory to a certain degree as well. It's just uh, he Herbert was brilliant. He was very yeah. really gutsy, as we expect from him. You know, like he's not the like the typical T to green sort of guy, but he he grinds and he? he just grinds.
1: I probably had like my worst beat ever, which was Denny McCarthy being four up through 13 and wow. losing to, or halving, sorry, yeah, to uh, Herbert beating Hatton, which I thought was actually quite fortunate. Um, so I kind of had a couple of big swings in there. But um, that, that Denny McCarthy, I, the players that were four down after 13 were over 125 uh before that so the fact that bradley who's never won a match uh mm-hmm. austin country club managed to come back was quite painful yeah. um and especially when he got got waxed as well by uh by rory in the end uh i thought yeah. once he got that one win like that was going to be it um he, he would mm-hmm. kind of kick on i thought rory was actually there for the taking and then obviously wasn't in the end he played very well but yeah. was there in, was there anyone that kind of stood out to you last week as a we need to keep an eye on going forward. I think it was probably Cameron Young. I think the whole world thinks it's probably Cameron yeah, Young. I saw a lot
0: of people like
1: jumping straight to the majors
0: and betting on uh, Cam Young all over Twitter. Um, yeah. I can't, I can't say how I've, I've thought about it myself, but um, yeah, but Cam Young definitely stood out. I mean, Burns, I did not expect that at all. No, I, didn't. I mean, Not at all. Like, it hasn't been himself recently. But again, we know how good he is. We know he's. Um, how much he wins, you know, he, and if he creeps Bell at a number of 40 to 1 or 30, even 30s, you know, he's just, um, he's lively, you know, he's always got a chance, you know what I mean? So, yeah, he surprised me, like, as he obviously he won and I, I just didn't see that coming, not at all.
1: I think, I think for me, the weirdest thing with Sam Burns was one, it was a surprise going into the week, like, I didn't really have any real reasons to think he was a great at match player, I didn't have any real reasons to think he was in enough form to kind of compete in that way, but Secondly, like even during the event, it looked like he was just going to come short at some point because his approach numbers were so bad. He was just winning mm-hmm. by, you know, short game. And all of a sudden, like he gets to the final and you think, OK, maybe like Cameron Young's going to dust him now because he's been the best player all week. And then he goes and beats him six and five. So uh, mm-hmm. match play is certainly a strange, certainly a strange event. But I think it's one we're going to miss. Oh, we certainly will miss it. Yeah, it's just adds a bit of something
0: different, isn't it? And uh, yeah, it's a shame it's uh, not getting continued. For sure.
1: Yeah. Oh, good. Let's um, let's go on to the Valerio Texas Open. It's actually our only event this week that we're covering on the podcast. Um, We, we might tweet out some bets or something if we, if we come up between them. Obviously, go to your Patreon for, for all your picks on the other tours um this week but for, for terms of actual events that were coming on the podcast it's going to be the blero texas open uh last chance saloon brad for people to get into the masters how um, much does that play into your selections this week
0: um a little bit i mean you'll find out later on that one of my selections is gunning for that last uh well one of them oh so yeah it's the last final master spot but yeah yeah i think Obviously, you got Ricky gone in for it and he's been playing really well. Um, there's loads of people, but yeah, I, I think you've got to consider it but at the same time. I wouldn't be like eggs in
1: all my eggs in one basket with that approach, you know? Yeah, it's a tough one because we, we've only been back here in this spot the week before the Masters for three renewals. So it went back in 2019, 2020 was cancelled. So then 2019, 2021, 2022, uh, Corey Connors famously won in 2019 after Monday qualifying. Uh, Jordan Speed won in 2021, who was already in the Masters, and then JJ Sporn got in the Masters last year, went on to finish 23rd at Augusta as well. So it certainly feels like it's an event where the favourites kind of, a bit like when it was at Houston, the favourites kind of go there to tune up. They come over from maybe the match play or Bay Hill, whatever it is that they've played before. Um And and it is more of a tune up than it is an aggressive attempt at winning. Uh, I guess at the top of the market, I mean, let's let's look at it. Tyrrell Hatton's a clear favourite at 12 to 1. Ricky Fowler 18 to 1. Corey Connors 20s. Siwoo Kim 22s. Hideki 25. Tony Montgomery 25. I think from that list, I'd say one, Tyrrell Hatton's a bit short based on. Based on the injury worries. Yeah. I I, I think. A bit disappointing. Yeah, um, I think. One, he was disappointed, like because that, that's the concern, isn't it, brother? Like, one, he was injured on the first day, but two, he never bounced back when he wasn't. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, he's been playing so well, and he's obviously going to be gearing up for Augusta, but I think I think that's what it is for him. I, I certainly wouldn't expect him to, You've got you to know, take him go off. all out. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, th- I think, you know, he warrants the price. He's playing very, very well, hard 100%. to argue, but yeah. I won't be going there. Second in the market now is Ricky Fowler, 18-1. to I think this is the biggest... Um, he needs to win to get into the Masters pick, right? Yeah, there, it. there's, I mean, I think over the last six months or so, he's he's one of the better players in the world. Um, mm-hmm. once again, kind of close to, he's still not back to what he was before. I think that's that's got to be. No, said. it's like
0: Jason Day. they have sort of revived together in a way, you know, yeah. and, and sort of just they're showing signs of their previous selves. And yeah, he's got he's got a great chance. I mean, he's he's going to be right up for it this week. But again.
1: I glanced over him at that price. Yeah, I mean, look, he, on his debut here in 2019, he was second going into the weekend and finished 17th. He came back two years later, finished 17th again in a completely different fashion. He bounced back from an opening 76. And then he missed the cut last year when he was struggling. I'd, I'd ignore the missed cut and focus more on mm-hmm. the, the two 17th place finishes. But overall, um, I, as you said, price dependent, I will pass him up. I think he's got an absolutely great chance, but can't do it. I can see why people like Connors. Um, yeah, me too. Back, back <laughs> to the approach as well, isn't he? And his, it's his t- off the tee game. that's not what it used to be at the moment.
0: No, he's not nowhere near as straight as he... Well, he used to just hit everybody fairway, didn't he? So yeah. He's, he's not doing that as much. But, yeah, I mean, he did all right at the match play, didn't he? He got through to the... Did he get through, or did he didn't? No. Did he get? No, because he didn't
1: was him? in. Was he? He was in Cameron Young's group, wasn't he? So he beat Straka yeah. six and five. He was he second Tom in his group, group. wasn't he? Second in yeah. Group. yeah. he played well. Like I think. I think one thing I would say is he did play well. The only thing I would say is his six and five victory was against Sepp Stracker, who was possibly the worst player uh, in the match play because he lost six and five, four and three, and five and three. So uh, never really in it. Um, so maybe a little bit of flattering step because when you look at it, he lost possibly. to Young one down. But I guess he's yeah, a course horse as well, isn't he? Like he's yeah. got an extremely
0: good course form here. But you know, we've seen plenty of players come up here um and win on their first try. So not necessarily one of them tracks where obviously you get your course horses, but
1: you also see a load of um people show up on their first try. Yeah, I mean so, look, there's been like five I think five of the past eight have had a top thirty finish here before. Um yeah. but the other you know, the other things that is that like I think five of the past eight were winning for the first time in PJ tour only six of the past 12 had actually had a top 10 in the same year so it's not yeah Yeah. it's not a predictable thing like it it can be someone winning for the first time i mean um both connor's and spawn were first time winners on the PJ tour i think one of them may have had top 10s in the calendar year but certainly others have have come here and, and not had it um any courses that you particularly looked at as kind of correlation i had the sony open just because yeah Sony has open won both, use, yeah. Spieth and Connors uh, won here, third at the Sony, Brendan Steele should have won the Sony twice, has won here, um, basically covered that for me. And I think Maya uh flagged up some cross over yes. as well, which makes sense given the Sony. Yeah,
0: Sony Open, um, same as you and Cobra, along with just Texas form, you know, and just that's uh, that's sort of what I looked at.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's, we've got a couple of selections in and around these kind of prices now. So talk to me about Siwoo Kim, who, to be honest, has, has really come onto my radar for Augusta, actually, mm-hmm. uh, based on his recent play. I mean, he's already won this season. Um, he has a good Masters record and I'm really intrigued. He actually played better in the match. Play. I thought he was going to be one that you could take on at the match play uh, last week. He obviously did, uh, in the end, fail to get out of the group because of Kucha but I think that's more Kucha's brilliance than it is uh, mm-hmm. Kim's failure right Kim was four and three against Kirk four and three against Hovland and then lost seven and six to Kucha but I don't yeah. I, I think is just very good there and I, all the time that you're getting beat by players like that who are specialists on the course I don't think there's anything too much to worry about no exactly that I mean Kucha's as you said he's a match play beast so that
0: can be forgiven but there was plenty of signs there that he was playing well and uh, not only that like prior to that finished Tied 27th at the players, hit the ball superbly, gained over six strokes on approach, which is the best he's hit his iron since the Sony Open win at the start of the year. Uh, he missed a cut on his first visit to San Antonio, but since then, he's made five appearances and made the cut each time. So it's a course that he likes, especially in 2019, he finished fourth, which is his best finish. He led all the way up to the final round, then shot 72 to fall away. I just He just stands out. Like, I think, at the top of the market for me um, as the best bet. And in this field, I just feel like he can he can win. Like We know he can win. He's a he's four-time winner, isn't he? Um, yeah. At the PGA Tour.
1: So, yeah, I, I believe he can go one step further than his 2019 finish this year and, uh, and win. I think he's quietly one of the most underrated players on tour. He's won four times already on tour. He's he's had three playoff losses. He's had yeah. that chance to win here. That That's, you know... Okay, you can't really just give him the one that he had when he, you know, if he falls away on the final day to finish fourth. But if you turn any one of those three playoff losses into a win, he's, he's got seven wins already. He's only 27. Like it's. No, he's been around for ages. <laughs> yes, And, and um, quietly, he's got a really good major record as well tied 12 at the Masters, tied 13 for the PGA, tied 13 for the US Open, tied 15 for the Open. So mm-hmm. really well balanced. And, and this is why I've kind of got my eye on him for next week. And I'm hoping he. You know, obviously, for your benefit, I, I hope that he does go on and, and play well. Well, you can but...
0: always grab an early price on him. Yeah. So that's... I mean, like, while in play, if he's, like,
1: going really well, you know. So. Hey, and what, what are his odds for next week? Let's just have a look. Let's have a butcher's because I'm quite curious as well. He was one of the ones I kind of flagged up earlier. I think he was nearing uh, oh, triple okay, digit chase. 100 to 1 he is now. So, obviously, what you're being asked at the moment is to take the reduced places. Because obviously mm-hmm. next week you're going to kind of get eight, seven
0: places. Boyle, Boyle, have already gone to eight places. I've just there you go. Say,
1: so eighty to one, eight
0: places, but oh, which is fine. I mean, that, if he <laughs> if he went to that, you'd you'd probably still be
1: obviously off off a good week here. You'd be well happy with that, wouldn't you? I'm assuming when he gets to the the ten places next week, he's going to be nearer to kind of sixty sixes. Um, 50, yeah. if he plays well here, he's going to go down to fifties, but. I think there's some value in backing him at 100/1 because I do like him for this week. Um, tempted actually to bet him as well, so probably going to decide as we go along here, which is which is nice. I like to kind of solidify picks as we go along. Um, Jason's kind of kicking things off with a return uh, for Spawn, putting up a good defence, which I do like. 35 to 18 places uh, with yeah. William Hill. I can definitely see it. Uh, really, really impressive at the match play last week. It was uh, very solid. Um, I kind of, I would say I kind of predicted that. Like I put him in some, we did the, the kind of show last week and I put him in our lineups because he was like a $6,000 guy on DraftKings who um, I, I just thought he could win. I thought he was in a group that gave him a chance to get out. Um, yeah. I, I didn't think Fitzpatrick was the strongest kind of leader in that. I was actually surprised that he beat Minwoo Lee on that final day Um, mm-hmm. because I thought Minwoo Lee was playing pretty well. Uh, advances, advances from that group and does get beat by Zander Chuffele in the first round so no kind of no reason not to like him there plays well obviously he's won this course he's played well in Texas in general um so I can see why Jason likes him there but my top pick for the week is Chris Kirk and it's just he's just got incredibly good form here and and despite the fact that he's kind of tailing off a little bit over the last few weeks I can't ignore the fact he's got three top eights and a 13th place finish here in his last five or six starts at the golf course and just the way he's been hitting the golf ball this season, just the way that he's kind of revived his career, had those two third-place finishes at the start of the season, uh, then goes on and wins the Honda Classic. So he had the third at the Sony Open and the Amex. He was the 36 six-hole mm-hmm. leader at the Sony Open, wins the Amex, uh, third of the Amex, sorry, wins the Honda, uh, second round 62 there. Definitely has tailed off. I don't think that can be yeah. um, ignored, but I think also... He's come against some kind of hard golf courses, and and you know second after round one at Bay Hill, still twentieth after round two, uh, and a miscut cut. The players I think can almost be ignored for anyone on any given week.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't mind Kirk. I like I did look at him as well. Just as you already alluded to, it is just the uh, the fear that he has like, sort of tailed off now, and like since he's got his win, and I don't obviously you'd like to think he'd go on from there.
1: I just haven't seen enough. I think to warrant that price personally uh, but I just I just thought with when you look at the same prices around here so you've got Hideki Matsuyama who's a massive injury risk you've got Taylor Montgomery who's very popular but you know still yet to do it I'm sure he definitely will uh Davis Riley who I was on a couple of weeks ago to Valspar same price so I, mm. I think that actually probably shorter in most places I thought was um a bit much and then you're kind of looking at Kucha who I do like I really like Matt Kucha uh, especially after his performance last week, especially the mm-hmm. fact that he's probably looking at maybe a last chance to get into Augusta. Um, get. So both him and Kuchar make plenty of appeal and it's just maybe not having all three of those in and see who we in there. That's what's making the decision so hard. But Kirk was the one. Tough. Yeah, it's tough. Kirk was the one I just thought with the form he's in this season, the, mm-hmm. the course form, the I mean, the facts. Cool. I think he can do like a Brendan Todd and win a couple in the season in a bit of a yeah. rival. Uh, to me, it kind of stood out. Yeah, fair enough, I then went on to Matt Wallace, who I will preface this by saying that when you look at his, because everyone's going to kind of think of Matt Wallace and think, oh he had those, you know, five outs or six outs or wins in one season. He had uh, three wins in a season on the DP world tour when he was chasing a Ryder cup spot. Like he's obviously very, very good at punching it together. And the only concern I have with that is that he's actually struggled to back up like a win the following week so when he won that co-sanctioned open to portugal he was 38 for the rocco forte the week mm-hmm. after in 2018 when he won the uh he kicked off the kind of season with a win at the, the indian open he went back to back missed cuts he then won three months later at the bmw international open then missed four cuts and then he won in denmark uh, in september and that's when he missed out on that Ryder cup spot and i think that was what mm-hmm. kind of held it back then because then he finished 51st and 44th in his next two starts but yeah. i think it's so much different this week, Brad, because he's, oh, he's ret- got the Masters to play for. He's got the Masters to play for. He's got, he's coming back to a golf course that he's finished third mm-hmm. on when he really impressed yeah. chasing behind Jordan Speed that year in 2021. Um, just a, I think it's just a completely different circumstance. Like I, I don't know without looking kind of his form at those Roque Fortes or the other kind of events he backed up, mm-hmm. but I think this is probably the best golf course for him in his current state of play. I think yeah. There's a difference between getting hot one week and sustaining form, which you did with the 7th at the Valspar. He was basically in a mix the whole week there. Wins last week in good fashion. Um, and like you said, and I just think
0: chasing... And he's also that got Masters,
1: that PGA Tour like yeah.
0: book, you know, as well, which you know, he's, he's just going there a bit relaxed. Like obviously, he's going to be gunning for the top spot again, as uh, yeah. a lot of people. But as you said, it's, it's a great course for him. Uh, he's proven that uh, in 2001 we finished third. So, yeah, I... I love it. Yeah, I think he's, a, he's got, got every chance again.
1: I, th- I think it's just like you say, I think it's the, the different motivation. I think he's a massive motivation guy. Like I don't think it's a coincidence that in 2018, he won three times try, trying to get in the Ryder Cup. And it's going to be very similar this year. That He's got that PJ Tour win. Now he's got to go straight in to try and get into the Masters. Straight after that, he knows if he gets another win in this season, he's probably a lock for that Ryder Cup team, the way that mm-hmm. he's shaping up. Um, yeah. So definitely a lot to play for. And I just, I just can't. Get away from the fact that he's kind of 40 to 1 a week mm. after winning. And, you know, again, just comparing it against the rest of the market, 40 to 1, 8 places. You can get 50s if you want to go, st- you know, one place. But you're looking at like Alex Noren's out of form. Ryan Fox, I do like, but he's. He's very disappointing yeah. again. That's, like, uh, that's the main that. Like, like Fox is definitely improving, yeah. and I think he's got the chance to kind of improve mm. on his. PJ Tour record so far, which is quite minimal because he hasn't played a lot. Um, Cam Davis, a lot of question marks over how well he's actually playing. I know he's returning to form a little bit, um, but Matt Wallace over Buzz I think he's a much better winner, much better suited to pJ Tour. Mm-hmm. I guess Nikolai Hojgaard, you could give a shout to. Finished second behind Wallace last week, but yeah,
0: he could be anything this week. I think
1: Nikolai. Yeah, Heugard. yeah. I just, yeah. I just thought, you know, looking at Wallace and he's double the price of some of the people we've already talked about, and he won last week. I know it's a, a weaker field, but this isn't exactly. You know the masters is it so um i think it's good there now you're both you and jason obviously we're speaking for jason tonight who's uh mm-hmm. absent uh both in on aaron rye um i must admit it's probably the first time in a long time i've ever looked at aaron rye and gone do you know what, he could be a bet this week um but mm-hmm. i'll let you tell us why you did settle on him in the end
0: well i've unfortunately i've backed him quite a few times this year and i found <laughs> him very frustrating to bet on um yeah ever since he's moved to the bj tour like whenever I feel like it's a good spot to take him, he ends up playing poorly. Um, but yeah, he has been showing a bit more consistency recently. Uh, if you discount the Honda Classic where he missed a cut, he's hit the ball excellently to green. Um, he ranked 11th at the Genesis, 9th, 19th at the Arnold Palmer Invitational and 17th last time out of the players. And he was actually sitting fourth going into the final round of the players, but the, the occasion which has got to him a few times um happened again yeah he shot a final round of 75 to finish 19th um he hasn't been in that position many times before um uh, but each time he does have an opportunity to push on in the final round he he does seem to still um it was at the farmers he was third ended up finishing sixth seventh at the Shriners um finished 20th and another example was at this event last year he was seventh going into the final round shot 72 to finish 29th um, there were lots of promising signs though. He opened with a round of 67. Um, he also had another round of 68 in round, uh, round three. So yeah. he clearly took a liking to the course. Um, the worry at the moment is the flat stick, um, which it has been for a while. But before the players, he lost strokes putting in eight consecutive events. Um, it wasn't that much better at the players, but he gained slightly. So it's, a, it's an improvement nonetheless. Um, but what really caught my eye was his Texas form. Um, he's played five PGA Tour events in Texas and made the cut each time. Um, he finished seventh at the Houston Open at the end of last year. Um, as we know, like wind is always a factor in Texas and Rye plays well in the wind. Um, I'm, I haven't actually had a proper glance at the weather yet this week. Um, I see that it has been quite hot, so it is going to play um, probably firm and fast. Uh, so it's going to make it tough. And I think Rye in tough conditions is, is good. Um, but yeah, I'm going to persist, uh with him, as I do rate him quite highly, despite him letting me down loads of times. Um, yeah. I feel like it's a good time to jump back on him, but yeah, I've been
1: fooled before, so we shall see. I think I think it's that thing with Rye, right, is that you, you've hit the nail on the head that when you look at, well, the last five starts, he's made the cut and... He played really well at the Players Championship, finishing 19. But he was actually fourth going into the final round, and fell away. But mm. it's that miscut of the Honda where you think that's probably his best of, best exactly, yeah. test. Like if I could have drawn up something for Aaron Ryder season, it'd be like the Sony Open and the Honda. And I think he's actually he, he's at least missed a cut in the Honda. I think he might have been really low down at the at the Sony Open as well, never really in it. So um, you know it, it's, it's it's disappointing when he doesn't play well because. There's so many kind of um, pointers as to where he should go well. And it's really weird that you're struggling so much with the putter. And I think that's the, maybe the biggest difference between the maybe gets overlooked. Like we think about going from DP World Tour to PJ Tour is all about increasing your distance and improving your, your, your strokes going off the tee. And although he's not the longest, he does tend to gain off the tee a lot because of his accuracy. But yeah. maybe it's the putter, Brad, that like you go all these. Different types of grass types that maybe he's not used to over in in yeah. Europe. It um, could be a big Easy thing. Faster.
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. It could well be. It could be the thing that could be the thing separating
1: it. But yeah, I mean, Jason completely agrees with everything you said. He also said that he might be spurred on by Wallace last week, who he actually beat in Scotland, and you know he might just be getting there just like Wallace has. And I think that's a fair comment. I think they're both. Well, he's uh, still
0: gunning. He's still gunning for a rider cup spot as well. Like you forget about him. Like I mean,
1: do do, do you he- think he can get that?
0: Uh, he would have to do something pretty spectacular, I think. Um, I, I think he can. I think he's got the ability, but he needs to start, um, you know, sort of grabbing the eye a bit more. Because what? I think at the moment he's sort of out of the picture. And obviously a win this week would definitely put him in the frame. Yeah. Would he, would he have to win twice? Mm, maybe. It'd be touch and go if he only wins once. But if he starts, like, you know, securing a few top tens as well as getting a win, then... I suppose if he
1: does that, he can kind of boost himself up into points automatically. Kind of like I think we always think yeah. when we look at these players, oh, like he's going to force Donald to pick him, but that there's going to be certain times with, with the six picks, like there's going to be certain players that. not even what odds is uh, Aaron Wright? Is, is, is nine to one? I'm just looking at the moment. Um, Matt Wallace went from five to one to five to two yesterday, so you're probably going to see Rye go from nines into maybe fours or whatever. this This week if he wins um Mm. which would put him around kind of Dietrich jordan smith uh range which to be honest he's probably like rosner's four to one he's probably not he's probably overpriced at the moment at nines anyway just his yeah he is i'd I'd, I'd say rye has a much better chance than rosner Mm. so yeah interesting to see how he gets on i think i think the biggest thing for me with rye is that he does need to prove he can play those courses well that you expect him to and that Mm. that's the difference he doesn't seem to um to kind of do it when you think you will. And, that, and that's the concern, but we shall see. Um, next one up for me, Ben Martin, who's come in. He was hundreds one to kind of start the week, maybe even a bit longer than that, very um, very early on. 100-1 was actually the biggest price, but still kind of 70s and 80s out there. Uh, the 70s is probably the best with the place terms, eight places. I really like Ben Martin. I, I just think he's one of those players that is coming back to form and when you think about the fact that he won the Shriners back in 2014, came off the Corn Ferry Tour, he's had a couple of wins on there as well. Just strikes me as someone that, and one of my next picks as well, is going to be a similar sort of person that when you look back at what they used to do when they first come on tour, I think it's very much like JJ Spawn. JJ Spawn came on to tour and he was he was really, really good for a couple of seasons. And he had his kind of injuries and I think it was diabetes issues and everything like that, that he kind of faded away. And I don't know why it happened for Ben Martin. It can just be a loss of form at times, but he was a really bright talent when he came on. Was well, a really hot amateur, wasn't he? Yeah, and then you, his, you look at his best finishes this season. He's had top 13 finishes in three, his part, three of his past five stars. and I'm just looking at them like fifth at the Honda, eighth at the Crowley's last week, 13th at Pebble Beach earlier in the season. It's very clear that once the field becomes that little bit weaker, or maybe, you know, probably significantly weaker when you compare it to the kind of um, elevated events he just seems to come to the fore and i don't don't yeah Yeah. i don't think that's a like coincidental i think i think it's Mm -hmm. um you know very clear that he's not quite at the level yet to to contend with the big guys but when they're not here he can do it and i really trust him i trust him when he gets into contention if he does um it comes back to tbc san antonio this week his best finish at the pj tour event was 34th two years ago but he's actually finished ninth on this golf course, on the Corn Ferry Tour as well, um, back in 2020 during the COVID season. And even when you look at last year, he was 63rd here, but he was uh, tied 27th at the halfway stage. So he's had a couple of really good kind of half weeks, I guess, at the the Texas Open. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I just like some of the things I've seen from him in the past. I think he's played okay in Texas and other events as well. Um, And the tied seventh finish at Sony Open in the past for me was was kind of the icing on the cake when we talked about uh, at the start of the show.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is some of the best form he's shown for a long time, isn't it?
1: Consistency-wise, absolutely. So oh, consistent. So yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a great bet this week at the price. Yeah, I really like him, and I just I can't get away from the fact that it's just, it's just the fact that I know he's a winner in the past. I know it's a long time ago, but it, the form that he's sort of rolling into, it doesn't look like you know, it doesn't look like luck anymore. It looks like it's here to stay. Um, so I'm very very keen on him hanging around um talk to us about Kevin Chappell
0: okie dokie right well I was on Kevin Chapel last week at the Corrales and so I'm going to give him another go for this one um uh, because immediately what stands out of course is his his course form um yep. he's, a, he's a previous winner um he has a runner-up and a fourth place finish he's also finished inside the top 20 a couple of times and he's only missed the cut three times from 10 starts so he's a typical course horse. Um, we were talking air earlier when we were saying that we see quite a few of them here, like Charlie Hoffman being the standout. Um, and if you if you couple that with his recent form, which reads 29th at the Honda, 15th at the Puerto Rico Open and 16th at the Corrales in his last three starts, um, he feels like a very lively long shot. Hmm. Uh, the stats we get from the Corrales event are limited, but he ranked 12th in driving distance, 21st in driving accuracy and 27th in greens and regulation, which is solid enough. And um, in his last three events, he got off to a really slow start. Um, he's, he's open with like a round of 71 or 72 and then he progressively gets better throughout the event. So the key for him could be just getting off to a good start. Um, because he seems to be getting better um, as the week goes on, um, and yeah, I think he just, he looks a massive price, and so yeah, I'm gonna gonna stick with Kevin Chapel this week.
1: Yeah, it, again, like it feels a little, it's just weird, it just feels like a comeback year for a lot of players, right, like the, the guy I'm gonna come on to next, um, you know, we already talked about a uh, slightly different level, we talked about the the kind of days and the foulers of the world, but it does feel like we're rolling back I mean, Day and Chapel. I think, I think when Chapel won, he might have beaten Day, or certainly you know, they've competed in the same events before. Like they all kind of came good at the same sort of time of their careers. Uh, Chapel definitely fell away. He was only thirty six as well. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's it, it feels like he's been around for a hundred years, doesn't it? It, just, it does. Yeah. It's because he fell away so badly, I think. But like you say, tenth in bull striking overall last week. Uh, huge, and when you couple that with, with his efforts here, even when he, because he was 16th here last year, and I don't think he was in any sort of form, as, much, as far as I can mm-hmm. remember anyway, maybe, maybe he was, 18th last year, sorry, um, but he was second at the halfway stage, 7th going into the final round as well, um, so yeah, I, I think I think it's a, a really live shout, Jason Agree's a chapel as well, he's on him, um, so yeah, absolutely get it, I, I don't know, I don't know why I haven't gone to him really, I guess it's one of those ones where I kind of saw him being a bit of a popular pick and maybe just wanting to go elsewhere but I'd, i don't know why because there's no real need to do that mm-hmm. fair enough yeah no he's, he's just 175
0: to one biggest price about i think with bet 365 each way extra so yeah
1: could look a very big price at come the end of the week absolutely could and again another person that's going to be massively motivated to get back to the level that you know he, he's used to which is playing a major championship so i get it 100 uh, percent I'm going to talk about David Lingworth, who has come in a little bit, um, which was to be expected, I think. He, he was kind of opening up over 100-1 again, like Ben Martin. But And I've compared them pretty much as the same kind of player, really. But Lingworth's had uh, five top-11 finishes this season, most recently when he was sixth at the yeah. players. Uh, followed up in 27th at the Vals by last time out, where he was 10th going into the final round. Now comes back to TPC San Antonio. But whilst he's... Never really played that well here. He missed his first two cuts and then finished 44th and 51, uh, 51st, and hasn't played since 2018. Yeah. I just think he's the type of player that can do well here. And when you look mm-hmm. at his fifth and 18th place finishes at the Colonial, eighth at the Maya Cobra, 13th at the Sony Open, everything that we like about players here, he ticks off. Mm-hmm. You look at the fact that he was 44th in this event before he was actually 18th for the halfway stage. And I think he's a, there's a massive boost in the fact that this is not just the week before the Masters, but just this time of year that he typically plays pretty well. Um, so he tends to play well kind of March, April time, um, certainly going into the summer as well. So it might just be that, you know, the bit of buy rhythms in there. Um, mm-hmm. Just uh, the ball striking has been good. It's been the, very solid, yeah. Yeah, like the, the, the upside, we know what that is with David L. Murphy. It's winning in better quality fields than this, like Chapel, uh, like Ben Martin. So... Uh, I kind of group all of those pretty similar, I think. Mm-hmm. No, definitely.
0: Oh, I, I had a good look at David lingmurth as well. Um, and you know what? It sort of screams Aaron Rye a little bit in recent weeks. It's just been that last final round that sort of um, cost him higher finishes, you know, the players and the bar Yeah. Uh,
1: and I think he's, it's interesting because you, I would expect Lingmurph to be kind of priced with Aaron Rye in a sense. Like, it's, it's an interesting mm-hmm. um, comparison you make there because. I think they're relatively similar to their own skill set. They're both pretty short of the tee. Um, they're kind of popular in the sense that once they play well, people like to kind of get on them. But it seems yeah. to me the Lingmuth still stays out of this 90, 100 to 1 price. Um, really yeah. yeah, exactly that. So. 125 <laughs> still about what is The place time not showing six up places. Six, six places six places that's fine yeah so I don't obviously there's some eight places about but that's why you're being asked to take 80 to one but um 125 to one six places is a great shout so uh mm. do like that and then Jason in the similar area has gone with Kevin Strelman, who did kind of come out of nowhere to show some form again at the Valspar finished 27th hit his irons better that week um, and definitely likes this uh, this golf course. So I can absolutely see, I think he was actually sixth in strokes gain approach um, at the Valspar and 20th at T to green uh, that week. Just looking at kind of his course form here, eighth, eighth, sixth and 18th, his last three starts and 15th and 13th early on in his career as well. You look actually in his, his seven starts here, 15th, 13th, 37th, 53rd, 8th, 6th, 18th. Incredible consistency. He's actually sixth mm-hmm. um, in, in the field uh, in terms of course form. Brilliant. Do, do you think he's the type of player that can just be a bit of a false dawn, like he has one good week at the Valspar and, and we kind of get too excited, or is that a bit of an unfair comparison? No, I, I, I believe so. I think, yeah, no, 100%. I think it could be. Yeah, I think so. It's th- that's the only concern. That's the only counter I'd have to uh, Jason's pit there. There was, there was a couple of other players that kind of caught my eye. Uh, Trey Malanax, I think, has played well here in the past. I actually think he had a chance to win uh, one point. Uh, I'm just going to go back and sort of reference. Yeah, he's a second-place finish here three, three starts ago. Um, and he actually, I think, was going into the final day. He was second and, and really had a chance to put his foot down. So considering mm. how well he's played uh, since he got that kind of comeback win and he was eighth at the Arnold Palmer, he's been... He's been a bit off the last couple of starts, which I think he's expected after a really long prolonged run of form, I guess. Um, but I thought he was interesting enough at the 100-1 the mark. And then I think it's just a plethora of names, Brad, that when he gets this kind of event, you can really just look at yeah. and give them a chance.
0: There's some interesting additions. Um, obviously, Kazuki Higa, who we've seen quite a bit on the DP World Tour, he's getting an yeah. um, opportunity this week. It's pretty cool. Um, then you've got Pearson Coody, a uh, very talented player. Already won three times, ta- I think, on the Corn Fairy. Yeah, three times already on the Corn Fairy Tour, but in d- different seasons. Uh, obviously, he's very talented. He's, te- he's a Texan, um, but he missed a cut comfortably last week on the, um, the Corn Fairy Tour event. So I don't think he's in my considerations for that reason. Yeah. Um, Sam Stevens, my guy, nearly got it done <laughs> last week at the Corales. finished uh, third. I was very tempted to go back in on him this week at 80 to one. He was the last one off for me Um, just because he plays a lot of his golf in Texas, like like development golf at the, the all pro tour. And he has one, so he's got a lot. I know he has a lot of experience playing in Texas and I think he's made the cut in the two events he's played on the corn tour and um, at the Houston open. So yeah. And I think he's going to be, you know he didn't exactly fall away last week. Like he did come back. Like, I think he got a bogey on the first par five. I think it could be the fifth or sixth hole. And then he's and then you think, oh, what's he doing? Those you know he's obviously lost like two strokes to the field. But then he came back and he come right back into it. So um, which was good to see because uh, he has folded a lot on to all level and PGA Tour level when he's um, been in contention. So yeah, I think that will give him a lot of confidence going into this week. Um, so yeah he's the one that would hurt the most obviously you know how much <laughs> yeah. you know, I love him <laughs> yeah <laughs> so no, I absolutely
1: yeah. understand that mate yeah, uh, was, uh, there's the always one. one isn't there I, I think in the end as well you could be the one that you just end up chucking an extra few quid on just to
0: oh on the exchange having yeah. some money on
1: Stevens for sure um, one of those I think is similar in a similar vein would be Patton Uh Texas form is really good recent mm-hmm. revivals kind of caught my eye as well uh, you can kind of get 90 to one about him, 80 to one with the uh, eight places, which I thought was fine. Another player who seems to be coming up into a bit of form again. Um, you know, the numbers don't stand off massively in the page, but he was 51st at the players, uh, 12th after day one. And he was 36th at the Valspar. Again, started well, 4th after round one, 12th after round two. And that was Lucas Glover. Um his ball striking isn't quite where I'd want it to be to feel confident. Normally, when, when we're back in Lucas Glover, it, it's because his irons are really hot and you just hope <laughs> he has a good passing week. Um, and that hasn't been necessarily the case. They've been better, but not outstanding. But when you look, 14th, 4th and 18th, uh, his last three starters at the Valero Texas Open. Um, obviously, all of those coming since we've moved into this week before uh, the Masters. So Could be a first-round leader, but... Yeah, definitely. I think, that's, I think that's the way to play him at the moment. He's, he doesn't seem to have... As I say, the ball striking really stands out. Like he's 66th and 47th for the last two weeks in strokes getting approach, 49th and 25th uh, in tee screen. So it's not like he's kind of like he's the type of player that you see and he goes, you know, fourth, fifth, eighth with his irons, and you think, okay, a win's coming soon, and you know, it, and then it doesn't because it's Lucas Glover. But um, it's not even doing that. He's just he's kind of plodding along. So. I would be interested just to see if he can get that first round lead out of the way, and that might be something that I focus on. Mm-hmm. Then you've got a couple of different, you know, Texas specialists, and kind of Dylan Fratelli, Charlie Hoffman's obviously a course yep. horse who I, I can't go to; it's, it's too much these days. Um, but I'm sure there'd be plenty of people trying to get him through to through to Augusta so they can put him in the first round leader market next week. Um, I just noticed someone in the field, yeah. Uh, Chandler Phillips, who uh, yep. who
0: used to go head-to-head with Sam Stevens at uh, the All-Pro Tour all the time. He gra- grabbed his first, um, he only qualified for the Corn Ferry Tour this year while on his first start um, in Bahamas and since then he's sort of missed a cut three. Oh, he finished 12th after his, after he got his win and then three missed cuts. Um, but yeah, I think he's I think he's local. Um, I think he's local. So he, he could be an interesting addition in the field this week. So, so it could be someone I'm targeting in the in the
1: place markets now seeing that he's in the field. When you look but, as well, he's got limited kind of experience in general, but you go right back to twenty twenty one, he was fifth at the Veritex Bank Championship. Obviously yeah. he got that win that you spoke about and followed up for twelve. So it seems like he's got the Kind of ability, Brad, to spike. Um, yeah, and that's the kind honestly, of thing you want from these long shots. Him,
0: him and Stevens, they used to just go
1: head to head. I mean, they just it was just it was if
0: if he weren't winning, it was Stevens, and if Stevens weren't winning, it was him. So, yeah, he's uh, he's a talented boy.
1: Is that yeah. is he older than we, than we think, John the Flips? Or
0: is no, he no, no, he's about the same age. I think he must be like 27 28 maybe. I'll
1: just that would be just he was it. a Texas A&M AM. Uh, Alum, as well, born in Huntsville, Texas. So maybe this is the only term, only term pro in 2019. So, Chandler Flips, I'm assuming, uh, if, the, if the market has settled uh, on the exchange, is probably close enough to a thousand to one, if he's not a thousand to one, because um, he's five hundred to one with the sports books. Mm. So, that'd be an interesting bet to make. Definitely. Six hundred to one is on the exchange at the moment. Obviously, someone's, uh, someone's had a go lowest yeah so the lowest he's been matched at is 930 and the highest has been matched as a thousand so someone's had a go already um but it's a good spot there brad i like that um that'll be the one where you're looking for kind of top 20s top 40s i'm guessing exactly yeah um i think that's probably it i don't i don't think we need Mm -hmm. to tread too much ground we've got a big content week ahead of us next week um at the masters we're obviously going to be locked in first major of the year so i think we're excited it is yeah it's really exciting it's I mean, what's this is this the second time that we would have done the masters together on the podcast know jason mm-hmm. and i've done it maybe three times already um yeah, I think it's yeah it's it's nice to to go into major season hopefully you know you've obviously got that form underway i need to find something i really need to find something on the PJ tour um mm-hmm. but I, don't oh, I can't it, find anything on the pga tour <laughs> to <be honest. laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just one of those things isn't it it's like you just you don't lose confidence because i know my process is great and so my mm-hmm. I mean, process is right to so I want it to be and
0: yeah.
1: on DP World Tour it's working so it will come back it's just I think we've had a lot of kind of Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm wins that you just can't you know overcome um, and then Sam Burns winning the match plays is kind of confusing I think is best. A bit random yeah um, overall I'm going to I'm going to join you on Siwoo Kim I'm going to do it nice. uh, I liked him before the week I don't want to be rooting against him just so that his price is uh phase <laughs> is for the masters next week so i'm gonna do what you said i'm going to back him this week and i'm going to back him in the masters early um to, as man, opposed yeah. to lose the price i think <laughs> i think he's definitely capable of winning a major and i just think that you know oh, yeah, people i think won't he's got the stones, stones in him for sure yeah i don't think people are going to look at that as as a master's winner are they but i think we've had weirder ones over the years so mm-hmm. um absolutely fine should we should we summarize our picks let's do it yeah Right, so for this week, then I'm going to go with Siwoo Kim, who's now best price at 20 to 1, but that is with the eight places. Chris Kirk, 28 to 1, again, eight places. Uh, Matt Wallace, you can get 50, 21 to take six places, or 40 to 1, eight places. I would say the 40 to 1, just for uh, a bit of safety at the moment. I'm also going to take Ben Martin at 70 to 1, with the eight places. And I'm going to go with David Lingmurf as well. Um, who's best price 125 to one Unibet or 80 to 1 with the eight places? Uh, Jason's got in with JJ Spawn, uh, again to go back to bat 35 to 1 8 places. He's joining you, uh, on Aaron Rye 50 to 1 best price 45 to 1 8 places. Yeah. There, is, there is some 60 to 1 about Aaron 60, Bright, actually, Yeah, if you want kind of five places, uh, if you really like him to win, but I would say 45 to 1 8 mm-hmm. is probably the way to go on that, or 50 uh, six places. He's also gone with Kevin Strelman, uh, who is best price now 125 to one again with UniBet, where you can get um, 80 to one or 90 to one, sorry, eight places. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Chapel again with you, Brad. Uh, best price mm-hmm. 175 to one, 150 to one, eight places as well. So uh, plenty mm-hmm. to look at uh, in terms of long shots there. Brad, summarize your picks for us. I have gone with Seawood Kim, 20 to one,
0: eight places. That's the Sky and William Hill. I'm going to take the five places 60 to one because I've taken them at five places myself so yeah just I've just gone for it with Aaron Rye just win baby so yeah <laughs> 60 to one bet for Ed um, and then I've gone with uh, Kevin Chappell
1: um, with Jason 175 to one but 365 each way extra yeah I think it's interesting with Rye I think that's a uh... Interesting conundrum of do you take the price hoping because I think take with him price,
0: less less stakes and just you know just because I, I just feel like it's either going to do it or isn't you know
1: I don't know if he's going to flicker between the place I know he has done in the past but. Oh, but he know. does he does seem to if he's going to eject he's going to eject eject from the seven or eight places anyway isn't he so, that's right yeah yeah that's the, that's the logic that is think, the logic. i think maybe i like it yeah um maybe don't like it the fact that you, you hope he's going to hang around longer but um <laughs> yeah and then i think we do need to look at Charlie phillips we need to we need to dive into oh, yeah. some of the, the yeah, markets he'll be, be my place, uh, Not my place his, though, for sure yeah i like that i'm gonna I'm going to hover over the exchange all evening, hoping he gets to 1,000 to 1 again, (laughs) um, and try and bet him. So, Brad, thank you very much for joining us for the Valero Texas Open. Um, Masters again next week, so looking forward to that. I think we potentially might do maybe more than one show next week. haven't actually uh, nailed down exactly what we're doing yet, Um, Mm -hmm. but hopefully there'll be plenty of content to come, and obviously now's a good time to join um, your Patreon after a after a big day um and with the majors (laughs) coming up it's time to uh time to really uh nail in on your selections definitely mate thank you very much and uh, we'll speak to you all soon